Scouting out of the blue corner. He gives you your football meat and potatoes style and is the undisputed king of detailed player analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve the Scout. Hey guys, this is Steve the Scout. I am the voice of the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. It is Monday, November 19th, and I'm excited to highlight uh, the writers that we have for pigskinnut.com today. So Pigskin Nut uh, is a hardcore football news website that we will be uh, unveiling in the next 10 days. Uh, we have uh, a lot of volunteer writers that are signed up to write for all the different teams, all the different college football conferences, fantasy football, and people that cover the draft, and and league news and league insights. So um, what I'm going to be doing f- for the recap shows for the rest of the season is – I'm going to be doing a show called Lessons Learned, uh, where I ask the writers, uh, and I'll volunteer some of my lessons as well, uh, on what we learned by watching by watching the games that we saw yesterday on Sunday. So uh, excited to give shout-outs and credit uh, to all the writers who, who uh, gave me their lessons that they learned yesterday uh, and share that with you. Uh, again, just some couple, a couple announcements. Pigskin Nut, we're 10 days away from launching. If you still want to be a volunteered writer, Send us a two to three paragraph article. Uh, make make it hit hard. Make it have good context. You can write about your favorite NFL team, a player, um, a college conference. Um, so, you know, just just make just make sure that it, that it is it is hard hitting and reads well. Um, and also, it is is based in fact. In other words, you can't you can't say and I, and I hate to always use this because I'm a Giants fan, but you can't say uh, Eli Manning still sucks. Well, he's been really good the last two weeks. Or, you know, you can't say that um, the Eagles have no chance of making the playoffs. Well, I mean, they they have a chance of making it. So, um, because the NFC East is a weak division. So it has to be something that, you know, it doesn't have to be fact-based, but it has to be, you have to have a good explanation for, for, for why you're saying it. So I am excited to give shout-outs to all the different writers today and going to do that now. But first, a couple quick announcements. Number one, uh, we are now we now will be accepting advertisers on the show. Uh, the show gets listened to by between anywhere between thirty five hundred to five thousand people per episode. Um, so we are starting to do advertising as we grow. Uh, if you want advertising rates, uh, you can send an email to stevethescout eighty one at gmail And again, um, these are good. These are going to be um, rates based on uh, the size of our audience right now, which is growing. Uh, and obviously, you know, those rates will change over time with them not being too expensive right now, just based on how many how many listeners we have. Uh, other other thing I'm excited to announce, and not really announce it, but just remind you that every Wednesday is question and answer day, where you guys have the opportunity to send questions my way, um, make the question about a player, a college prospect, uh, an NFL team, something that goes on on the field that you want to have analysis for, uh, and I will definitely answer it for you. It typically takes a few weeks to get questions answered, but send it my way. If it's good, we'll definitely we'll definitely reach out to you, uh, get your question answered within the next few weeks, and get your question featured on the show. First pigskin nut writer that we got on is Josh Kirby. 
And uh, Josh is a Baltimore Ravens fan, and there are and there are some things that he learned yesterday. Number one, he learned that the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys are not out of the NFC East playoff race. Uh, Josh talked about the fact that Alex Smith actually injured his leg 33 years to the day, and with what's been going on in Washington there, with all the injuries on the offensive line and now Alex Smith out, the Eagles and Dallas really are not out of this playoff race. Definitely agree with you. Definitely agree with you on that, Josh. Um, Josh also learned that the that the, that the Saints are averaging almost 38 points per game, uh, and at this point of the season, the Saints are actually on track to be the highest scoring uh, NFL team um, in the history in the history of the regular season. Third thing that he learned is that although Josh said that you know although Lamar Jackson he had a record breaking rushing game um, for a QB's first NFL start that you still have to you still have to remember that it was against the 32nd ranked defense meaning that Joe Flacco still may be the safer option if they're heading towards January which I definitely see definitely see um his his point on that and uh you know something I'll add to that I think Lamar Jackson rushed the ball a good 25 times yesterday you can't do that consistently and expect to keep him healthy or win football games because look teams are going to figure teams are going to figure you out um, and uh, they just didn't prepare for Lamar Jackson. So uh, like a lot of quarterbacks, he really had the benefit um, of doing well in his first game because teams were not able to fully prepare for him. Uh, but that's not going to be something I think he can do on a consistent basis to win. Thank you, Josh Kirby. I appreciate your insight. Next one is from Tyler Hebe. And Tyler, uh, if I am saying your name wrong, please do let me know. But uh, Tyler's, a, Tyler's a Dallas Cowboys fan, and... Uh, one of the lessons that Tyler th feels like he's learned is that we should not put Eli Manning on a high horse because the last two weeks, although he's played a lot better, he's he's gone against subpar defenses. And Tyler, I do agree with you that he has not gone against the best defenses. However, I do think the main issue is that uh, he's getting protection, and when he's getting protected, his play changes so much from when he's protected to when he's not protected, much more than other quarterbacks. But if you give him just decent protection, he can still be a good quarterback. Uh, I, def I definitely understand where you're coming from based on his performance. But just based on what I've seen, uh, I, do, I do see that when he does have protection, he's a good quarterback. And trust me, uh, that's, there, 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 are, there are plenty of quarterbacks that when they are protected, they are still not good quarterbacks. I'm just saying that Eli Manning can still play at a high level if he has decent protection. But I do understand your point. Tampa Bay and San Francisco have not had some of the best pass rushes this year, so we got to take that with somewhat of a grain of salt, which also did make it easier for the Giants' offensive line. I appreciate it, Tyler. Good stuff. Next writer-up is Hans Graf. Hans is a lifelong Iowa Buckeyes fan. Uh, and some of the lessons that, that Hans learned yesterday, number one is, is that the Bears are for real. And uh, I, I think... I think it's been a little bit up in the air the last few weeks whether the Bears are really a threat in terms of a team that could end up being in the NFC Championship game. But with Khalil Mack back, uh, they definitely are. And last night was a big statement win uh, over the Minnesota Vikings. Another lesson that Hans learned, uh, and this is something that I've been talking about for weeks, is that yesterday the Jaguars showed flashes of the team they were expected to be this season. But in the last quarter, they reminded everyone why they are three and seven, and, and I think um, what Hans is saying is that you know they had a more physical running game with Leonard Fournette, which allowed their defense to be better, but they still can't close out games, which is why they are a three and seven team. 
Uh, Hans also learned that the Baltimore Ravens caught a glimpse of what their future could be um, with a very good debut for, for Lamar Jackson, who rushed for 117 yards and passed for 150. Uh, the, and and, and I, I definitely agree with that, but like uh, like one of our other writers uh, just just mentioned, and I believe that, that was Josh who I was referring to, Josh Kirby, that, yeah, no, um, Lamar Jackson, you know, he didn't go against, you know, um, they weren't really prepared for him, and he didn't go against the top defense, and he's going to have a hard time rushing that many times in games going forward. Um, but I thought his cadence was good, and, and I think that it definitely did show them a glimpse of what their future could be like. Good good work, Hans. I love it. Next up, we have Adam Brown, who's one of our Falcons writers. And Adam said that the Falcons don't have any nastiness or tenacity on their team. And I think he's referring to the defensive side of the ball, which I certainly agree with. They, um, they've been an aggressive offensive team this year, but defensively, um, they have not been an aggressive team. They've not been after the not been getting after the quarterback, and that lack of tenacity has been hurting them. So good stuff, Adam. I like it. Next up, we have Nicholas Pesos. Nick is actually one of our Tampa Bay Buccaneers writers. Um, Nick actually came up with with our team name for Tampa, our page name, which is going to be Takes from Tampa. So good stuff on that. I've uh, been talking with Nick for a few weeks. He had some interesting perspectives uh, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, that, that I'll share with you. So, first of all, um, I think we all know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have had a bad defense, but he really illustrated uh, and took it to another level how bad they've been over time and how bad they've been this year to really put it in, 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 a, in another perspective. So, first of all, he's, he mentioned, and this is true, the Buccaneers have not had anyone register double-digit sacks since 2005. That's almost that's close that's close to 15 years. And the last person who did it, Nicholas alluded to was Simeon Rice and that was again back in 2005. Another reason the Bucks defense is so bad is that they allowed Eli Manning to go 17 for 18 with a 94.4 completion percentage that that and that mark was the career best for for, for Eli for Eli Manning. Look, I think Eli has been playing better. Um, I think the offensive line's been playing better, but a good defensive line and a good pass rush is, is still going to mess them up. So definitely see your point on that, Nick. And Nick also alluded to that although the Buccaneers gave up 38 points yesterday, they still somehow managed uh, to lower their points per game average to 39.8. And when I say lower, I mean they made it worse. Um, so that 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 is the worst in the NFL. They are on pace to be the worst defense in the history of the game and I think it's a shame considering they have Jason Pierre-Paul, Gerald McCoy, they have they have a promising young rookie in Vita Vea, they have Levante David so it, you know it's sad that they really have been this bad uh, of a team this year. Um, Bucks defense this year Nicholas also mentioned that their defense this year is on pace to allow the highest completion completion percentage of all time with 74.7 uh, and again just um just illustrating that the Buccaneers' defense is bad. It's not necessarily a new lesson learned, but he really put it into, into perspective. Good work there, Nick. All right, next up we have Jeffrey Fuller. Uh, Jeffrey is one of our Tennessee Titans writers, and what he learned about the Titans yesterday is that they are easily the, the most inconsistent team in, in the AFC South and maybe even the NFL. And, and I definitely can see that because with these with this Titans team, you never know which team is, is, is going to show up. Uh, what Jeffrey talked about is that, and, and specifically what he said, is that this defense made Tom Brady uncomfortable much of the night the other week, 
But 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 yesterday they didn't register one sack on Andrew Luck. Marcus Mariota was injured again, um, and this time, although it wasn't as severe, um, you know, it, it's it's again they just don't have a consistent quarterback that can be in there and play. Um, the rushing attack was non-existent as it's been all year, and he believes that these two things can really be both attributed to the offensive line having another bad day, giving up four sacks, and just and just you know not being able to get uh, a consistent rusher going going on the ground. So so I definitely I definitely agree that um, the Titans are very inconsistent. You don't know what you're getting with them on a week to week basis. Um, you don't you don't know if they're if they're going to pressure Tom Brady and despite. Brady not being a mobile quarterback, he's great at setting his protection, uh, but they couldn't do anything against Andrew Luck. So I definitely agree with you, Jeffrey. Those Tennessee Titans, they are an inconsistent bunch. Good work there. Next, we have Levi Perillo, who's going to be running for the UCLA Bruins as well as the Denver Broncos. And uh, what Levi had said, a couple of the lessons um, that that he learned, uh, that he feels he learned, is, is that if the Broncos can find some missing pieces for the offensive line to protect Case Keenum, um, and, may, and maybe a more QB-friendly head coach, that they can they can be on a Super Bowl run within the next four years. Um, he said that they said their defensive line is fantastic. Their their receiving core is young but full of great talent with Emmanuel Sanders, um, and also Cortland Sutton. You know he's showing you a lot as well. That guy makes some circus catches. Uh, he was crit- he's critical of their secondary, which Denver's secondary has not been that good this year. But, um, you know, if they can get some pieces there, along with having Von Miller uh, and Bradley Chubb rush the passer, you know, they, they could potentially be a good team. So, so, so I definitely don't think that's, that's far-fetched to say is all. Um, that's far-fetched to say. Uh, another thing that he mentioned is he feels that Phillip Rivers is going to be another Dan Marino, a guy that has amazing stats, uh, plays well his whole career, a guy that really, you know, in my opinion, Phillip Rivers should be a first ballot Hall of Famer but he will never be able to win the big one. And I can definitely see why he'd say that yesterday with that with that loss to Denver. But still, it is just one game. Good stuff, Levi. And we got Patrick Chiodi, who is another one of our Denver writers, Denver Broncos writers. But um, he, he, had, he had given lessons on a lot of different stuff yesterday. So And these are, these are good things. So awesome work, Patrick. So Patrick talked about the Seattle Green Bay game, and, and he said that Aaron Rodgers, he needs more help from his team. Mike McCarthy has most likely worn out his welcome with the decisions that he's made. Uh, and I, th- I think that's a consensus thing. And I think, I think with, the, with that loss, um, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really putting him on the hot seat big time. So I agree with that. Um, he talked about the Tennessee Titans-Indianapolis Colts game. He said the Colts are hot. Hot in all capital letters, by the way. That offensive line, the, t- the, the Indianapolis Colts offensive line, has not given up a sack in weeks. And it's showing in the points that they're scoring, uh, so, so so definitely another another good point uh, on that. Um, he also mentioned that the Houston Texans, their defense still has a lot of work to do. Um, you know they have they have they have good pass rushers. They have Jada, they have um, Jadavian Clowney, J.J. Watt. They have good they have good young safeties with Eric Reed, who made a nice pick yesterday, and Tyran Matthew. But that defense still has a lot of work to do um, as as a whole. And, and, and he doesn't know if it's really going to be good enough to carry them down the stretch. Uh, another thing that, that, he, that he learned from the Jacksonville Pittsburgh game, he said the Steelers should just come out and publicly state they do not need Le'Veon Bell. Um, I, think, I think in a large part that, that they did that. Um, he also mentioned that he thought Jacksonville is a shadow of the team from last year. But um, 
I I'll say I'll say with Jacksonville, Patrick, that um, they did they did they did show some shades of who they can be yesterday. I'm not sure if that's what you meant by the shadow, but but anyway, good stuff there. Um, and he said in terms of Carolina and Detroit, he thought that Cam Newton actually lost that game for them yesterday. But he also noticed in that game that this this Detroit Lions team will play will play hard for that coach. That defense has come up has come up huge in a number of different times this year, and maybe a sign of things to come. Um, he also he also mentioned uh, you know talking about the New York Giants Tampa Bay Buccaneers game that Eli is shutting up the doubters and OBJ is earning his money. I, I love to hear that and, and I agree. I said it before and I'll say it again. Um, there, there are plenty of quarterbacks in this league that are not good with a good offensive line. It doesn't matter who they have. Um, but there are some quarterbacks, I think Eli Manning is one of them, that his play is so drastically different without protection. Um, you look even, even you look at Andrew Luck a few years ago when he didn't have protection. Look, people criticized him for not being able to read defenses, not being accurate. Um, I don't think Eli Manning is the quarterback that Andrew Luck is. I don't think he ever has been. Um, but but again, um, there are some quarterbacks that the off that having at least decent protection makes them so much better. Where where there are where I mean, you look, every quarterback is going to be better with protection, but I think the variance is different for for some quarterbacks. He also mentioned that the New York Giants that defense needs to tighten up more, uh, as Jameis Winston o- almost let a comeback, and that has been, uh, and and that has been something that we've seen we've seen all year. Um, he said, he said from the Cincinnati-Baltimore game that Joe Flacco should probably be thinking about selling his home in Baltimore. And that, and that might be true because Lamar Jackson had a hell of a game yesterday, as I've said multiple times. I don't know if he can continue having that many rush attempts during the game. I think Baltimore is going to have to get uh, a good running back in there. They had some help yesterday, but will that be consistent help that they have? Um, and, and it also looks like that Marvin Lewis... Patrick mentioned Marvin Lewis may be on the hot seat after Cincinnati dropped dropped another game, um, and he also he also mentioned t- t- referring to his comments from the Oakland Raiders Arizona game that Josh Rosen can could, can develop into a quality starting quarterback if they keep surrounding him with good talented youth. I agree with that. Josh Rosen of all the rookie quarterbacks, he can read defenses. He's the smartest out of all of them from what I've seen on the college tape. If they can protect him and get some put and put some good talent around him. He can be he can be a good quarter he can be a good quarterback in this league. Um, Philadelphia New Orleans Patrick on a roll here really really gave us a lot of good information. He said the Saints they're 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 absolutely they're absolutely the best offense in the NFL, um, which I think you know that's a fair statement. But but they but they but the despite the fact that Philadelphia has not has not been has not been the same team this year. They are still the Super Bowl champs from still the Super Bowl champs from last year, and and for New Orleans to put a beating on the current champs definitely makes definitely makes a statement. Um, Patrick also learned that Chicago's defense is the real deal. The front line is extremely dangerous, and that offense has potential to be a serious threat uh, down 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 the stretch. Um, so that that is awesome work, Patrick. Um, you know, good stuff, you know, giving me all of that. Appreciate you, buddy. Look forward to having you as a writer. Let's get on to our next writer from Pigskin Nut. Next up, we have Frank Torchia. And Frank, if I am screwing up your name, just let me know later on today. But uh, Frank, Frank is one of our Giants writers, and he, he really had some good takes from yesterday. He said that the Dallas Cowboys, behind a top-five defense and a top-five run game, which which they're certainly in the conversation for that, 
and using Amari Cooper as a de- and using Amari Cooper as a decoy can win will win that division. And I and I definitely agree with that. I said before the year started, do not sleep on the Cowboys defense. They have a lot of talent, including Sean Lee, Leighton Van Der Esch, who's been one of the best defensive rookies in the NFL this year. Um, they have Jalen Smith, Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, Byron Jones. There's a lot of talent on that on that defense. Uh, and another bold statement that Frank made is that the Colts are the third most dangerous team in the AFC behind the Chiefs and the Steelers. And I agree with you, Frank. The Colts, despite their record, uh, they, they, they are lighting it up right now. They have t- You mentioned, Frank, that the Colts have touchdown passes in seven, in seven straight games. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You mentioned that Luck has thrown three touchdown three touchdown passes in seven straight games, and also joins Tom Brady and Patrick and Peyton Manning as the only quarterbacks in history to have seven straight games with three touchdown passes or more. Very good work on that, Frank. Um, also, he mentioned that 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 the Colts finally have a top offensive line. He thinks they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. He thinks it's the third in the NFL behind the Saints and the Steelers. And they have not allowed a sack in 214 dropbacks. That's really good work, Frank. Uh, speaking of Frank, not Frank Torchia, but their coach, Frank Wright. Frank Torchia had mentioned that Frank Wright, their coach, tried saying that a bunch of times, had very creative play calling. And the Colts are also benefiting from, a, from good draft picks. Most notably, Defensive Rookie of the Year candidate Darius Leonard and Offensive Rookie of the Year candidate Quentin Nelson. He also feels that secondary will be a difference maker um, for them, for them, for them down the road. Um, so, so good stuff, Frank. I enjoyed that. Good takes. Let's get on to our next pigskin nut writer. Next up, we have Stephen Ratliff. Stephen is one of one of our Packers writers, and here are some of the things that Stephen learned, or or Stephen. Uh, I'm not sure what's a better way to say that, but some of the things that he learned in Week 11. Stephen, Stephen, however I say it, he learned that the Saints are for real, um, and, and and I think we I think we knew that. In weeks prior, but I think it was just taken to another level this week with with the beating they put on the current Super Bowl champions. Um, he and he says the Bears are for real as well, which I agree with. Again, they have Khalil Mack on the field. Uh, it cha- it, cha- it changes it changes everything. Um, watch out for the Colts, which I definitely agree with. And he also said the NFC East is about to get very interesting, and, and I I really agree with that because look, the Giants have won two games in a row. Um, but believe it or not, they're not as far out of it as you'd think if you look at the standings. The Philadelphia Eagles, despite getting getting shellacked yesterday, uh, they're, they're still in the race. So are the Dallas Cowboys. So are the Washington Redskins. But, the, but it's interesting because the Washington Redskins have Alex Smith being injured. So it really opens the door uh, to, to, the, to those other teams. So good work on that, Stefan. And he also mentioned the Jaguars have officially choked their season away which I agree with. They needed to win yesterday. They didn't. It, it was a golden opportunity, being that they had Leonard Fournette back and had a big game, but still couldn't get it done, and they did choke it away, giving up that big 16 to nothing lead uh, later in the game. Good stuff, Stephen. Next up, we have Shane Hacker, one of our Saints writers out of Cincinnati, Ohio, who also will be f- helping us follow the Bengals as well. Uh, Shane, n- number of good lessons that he learned. Uh, number one is that he said, it does not matter who Drew Brees is throwing the ball to. Um, Traquan Smith showed again this week going over 100 yards, which is quite a feat for any rookie, but he really thinks a lot of it is, is contributed due to the great play and, and leadership of Drew Brees and ability to get those receivers in space. 
Second thing he mentioned is he thinks the Saints' offensive line might be the best in the league, or at least one of the best in the very in the, one of the very best in the league. Drew, Drew Brees has hardly been touched this season, and I'm just reading Shane's words exactly. And if you can slow down the Rams like they did, you can slow down anyone and completely negate most teams. Uh, um, completely negate most teams' pass rush like we saw against the Saints do against the the Bengals and the Eagles. Good stuff, Shane. Shane had also mentioned that uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara they they are they are they have proven that they are the best running back duo out there. Uh, and I'm just reading his words. He said, "If it isn't Ingram running you over for 100 yards a game, it's Kamara jumping over you for the same." And no one has been able to shut down the Saints' running game since Ingram has come back, which is why this is the best tandem of running backs in the NFL. And I agree. Mark Ingram, I believe, is one of the most underrated players of this generation. Whenever I watch him, I'm blown away by his tape, and that's be- and, and and really, he's always been sharing a backfield. But he is a hell of a running back. He also learned. That Saints cornerback, P.J. Williams, is finally turned into the corner that Saints fans have wanted him to be. Uh, you know, Shane said that he's he's been up and down the last few weeks to start the season, but after back-to-back weeks of making a lot of plays, even when teams are, are trying to pick on him uh, and he's still doing well, it's safe to say that he's starting to hit his stride. Uh, Shane said that he would put him up against elite wide receivers, but you, but you don't have to when you have a, a, a you know a Marshawn Lattimore around. And and he also he also um, you know also mentioned that the last time the Saints had a good defense was 2009, and we all know that they won the Super Bowl that year. And the Saints' defense certainly is looking a lot better as as the weeks go on. So good stuff, Shane. I appreciate you, man. Good work there, Brian Zagoni. Uh, he 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 wrote to me, and Brian is uh, one of, is going to be one of our Redskins writers, and he said that he calls the Reds the, the Redskins 2018 series. A series of unfortunate events, popular Netflix series, but also something that really describes the Redskins' 2018 season. Uh, Brian had alluded to that it's all started out in the preseason. Darius Geist goes down for the year. He's their hyped-up rookie running back. Then the offensive line gets decimated. All-pro right guard Brandon Sheriff out for the year. Left tackle Trent Williams, you know, thumb surgery. And then Alex Smith is, is out for the year, and he could, he could go on and on. But Brian, you're right. This is a series of unfortunate events for the Redskins team. Uh, this is a team that really is cursed this year. So uh, definitely agree with you on that. Good stuff, Brian. Next up, we have Curtis Evans, who is one of our Houston Texans writers. Uh, but one of the things that 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 he's starting to that he started to notice yesterday was in terms of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Is it time for Aaron Aaron Rodgers to look himself in the mirror and ask himself why is he not beating these other elite quarterbacks? And Curtis is Curtis is also saying that could it be because of his yearly salary, his his yearly pay, uh, and and the fact that the Packers are paying him so much that it's sacrificing other areas of the roster now and may continue to do so in in later years. So it's a lot of soul searching to do in Green Bay. Curtis said, uh, can definitely can definitely see where you're coming from with that because uh, again, you know the Packers roster outside of Aaron Rodgers just is not that good. Next up, we have Josh Davis. Josh covers a number of different NFL teams for us. Um, one of them, one of them being the Eagles. And here, here was his take and kind of what he learned yesterday from that Eagles' big loss to the to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, number one, he's talking about the Eagles that they have been plagued by injuries and inexperience in a lot of key positions this entire year, and it really came to a head yesterday against arguably the hottest team in the NFL. 
just reading what Josh said. Uh, Josh had mentioned that the Saints were actually the third. I did not know this. The Saints were the 31st against the pass coming into today's game. Part of that was not being able to get to the quarterback, but Josh Josh had also said that with that the Eagles, they've been banked up on their offensive line. They've had injuries on the offensive line. Jason, and it happened during the game. Jason Kelsey got hurt during the game. And that's really when the Saints started to find more of a pass rush. Um, Avante, Maddox, Avante Maddox got hurt, and they've been really thin in their secondary as well. Malcolm Jenkins being the only starting defensive back from the beginning of the season that's still in the lineup. Good stuff, Josh, because I did not know that either. Uh, Josh feels that injuries at both corners, strong safety, and inexperience are plaguing their secondary right now uh, and, and really allowed the Saints wide receivers um, to, to go AWOL on them yesterday. Uh, against a high-flying team like the Saints, one play can cost the game, but you know they certainly got beat throughout that entire game. And the other thing that really affected the Eagles, Josh thought, was Wentz was never comfortable in the pocket. Wentz threw three interceptions yesterday and had less than 160 yards passing. Again, Andrew Luck, you know Carson Wentz, you can be a great quarterback, but if you have a shitty offensive line, it's tough. Uh, but he did say that there was a bright spot for Philadelphia. Josh Adams, the running back, had 53 yards on seven carries. But I think what he's alluding to is is that is that this is uh, this is really not an Eagles team that is going anywhere. And even if they win that division, they they will not go they will not go very far. And last thing we got is from Blake Tolman. Uh, Blake had actually sent me a number of different things on different teams, but um, I've, a lot of these teams I've covered over and over again, so I don't want to keep. Um, talking about the same teams and similar lessons again. So definitely no discredit to the good work that Blake had sent me. But, you know, the one thing I'll mention is that um, the New England Patriots, uh, Blake had mentioned that uh, this, was, this was their bye week. Um, and But the Patriots got some good news yesterday with the announcement that Rob Gronkowski will be playing in Week 12 when they travel down to the Meadowlands to face their, their divisional rival, the New York Jets. Uh, he mentioned that Tom Brady said in a press conference earlier this week that he does need to realize that he needs that Tom Brady realizes that he needs to spread the ball around a lot more and understands uh, that he needs to get his uh, his other guys involved and he feels that with Gronk coming back this week that statement should happen I agree I agree with you Blake so that wraps up everything for today thank you to all of our writers for contributing to our show this week uh, this is Steve the Scout with the Pro Football Scouting Podcast if you enjoyed this podcast and enjoy listening to us. Give us a rating in the iTunes store. We appreciate you and be back with you tomorrow. Steve the Scout with the Pro Football Scouting Podcast, signing off.